Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hi, everyone. It is so great that you are taking your time to join us today, and we hope to give you a wonderful business story in return. I'm excited. We're going to talk a little bit about clean tech today. It's been a while since we've talked about renewable energy and interesting things happening in that space, but we have a wonderful guest from London who is going to tell us all about his business journey and a little bit about how they do their fair share of saving a little corner of the world and fighting climate change. So it is absolutely delightful to welcome Chris Caldwell, who is the CEO of United Renewables. And he's going to tell us how he started his business in Northern Ireland and grew it to an international footprint. So Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Alison. It's a great pleasure to be on. And thanks for that lovely introduction. It was very, very nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you can do a better job of telling everybody what it is that your company does. So give us a little insight. Okay, perfect. So what we've got, we've got kind of two big strands. We started out, as you mentioned, about 12 years ago in Northern Ireland, uh, where we were developing little turbines, like as we came out of, out of business school um, with a background in investment banking and, uh, and as a lawyer, and um, didn't have a lot of experience in putting shovels on ground, getting things built. So we started small, small team, kept it tight, learned our trade. And over time, we've, we've developed into a, into quite a quite a large organization, at least in, in this, you know, new-ish world uh, and we've got operations which uh, were scale from like you know Scotland to Barbados uh, across across Ireland and many places in between and um, to just can, can put things in context we've got about a thousand megawatts of um of of sites in development and to put that into context um each three megawatt turbine does about um a thousand homes so it's 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 a lot. It's a material amount of power. Power we're currently trying to trying to get get built out. Oh. The second, oh, go ahead. Keep going. Yes, sir. Yeah, the second thing we do it's it's uh, clean clean tech and research and developments. Uh, so we 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 are very very passionate in about trying to make a difference to the energy transition. And we one part of it building renewables very important. But the other part of it part of it is is other technologies. We need new de- new technologies. Spend a lot of time and energy on that. Um, our real focus right now is carbon capture and storage, biological solutions. So that could, could could talk to you about that for 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 six months for entire entire podcast series. Uh, but I just thought. I thought I'd, I'd let you know that's another another part, important part of our business. Well, I didn't mean to step on you, but I am so excited about this topic. Um, and and you did just allude to this. So let's go ahead and throw this on the table early is you have a podcast. So tell us a little bit about the podcast and what people can learn there. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's actually that's that's the third part of my personal mission, <laughs> which is which is to try and so my per- personal vision is to to make an impact on 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 the on the energy transition. So part of that is building a materially material renewable energy business. Second second part of it is trying trying to move technology on, um, but third part of it is is to start conversations on what tomorrow should look like. Now. I had the pretty early in the career realization that um, that 
the energy transition has got a big part to play in the in this whole sustainability world and uh, and and long term strategic thinking and trying to make a make a better tomorrow. Like renewable energy is a part of it, but it's only it's only a, like a relatively small part of it. It's it's essential. We need to get it right, but it's a relatively small small part of kind of long term strategic thinking. So. Um, with that kind of realization, I started to to try and um, broaden out my own education and learning. So I went back went back to my school. I'd always been 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 well and been seriously involved in my school ever ever since since leaving London Business School. And talked to them about well, can we put together a podcast? You know, a podcast series where I talk to your professors and your your, your leading alumni about um, about all things sustainability. Uh, it's called Conversations on Climate. Maybe it's that that was that was that was the narrow initial focus, but it's now much more about about sustainability, long term strategy, and climate change is is a big a big part of it. Uh, so we talk every two weeks. We talk to to either an academic or leading alumni, and they give us their insights for either from the research or from the from their personal lives into their views on 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 actually building a a, a better tomorrow. <laughs> That's hey, the pitch. I want to let all our listeners know if you happen to be near a computer or. Um, in a place where you can look up on your cell phone. Um, Chris's website is unitedrenewables.co.uk. So you can take a look and, and follow along because I think one of the things I said to you before we started, Chris, is I read a lot of websites. Your website is very, uh, um, not pun intended, but very clean looking, very, very crisp. It, it, it explains everything in a very simplistic way. And I love that. You know, I, I so often speak to people who do various aspects of, of tech and I'm like, I'm a smart person and I read a lot of stuff and this isn't dumbed down for me in a way that I can absorb it, retain it, um, and understand what it is that you're, you're doing in the world. So, um, I, I love that aspect of your, your marketing, um, I want to flip. I want to keep talking about the the you know your wind assets and what you're doing. I love how you say you know from the shovel in the ground to the clean tech. I want to come back to that, but let's just talk a little bit for a second about actual business building and the sure. expansion because uh, I also appreciated how you said you started out small and kind of had to learn the trade and and roll up your sleeves and learn every step before you started expanding. And, and you've been at this about 12 years, remarkable growth as you've been um, building your teams. So can you tell us a little bit about um, surprises and lessons along the way? Okay, no doubt, no, delighted to, delighted to. I think one of the best uh, lessons I've learned along the way, which I learned very early on, was it was never make assumptions. Um, because when when I was starting out this, um, whatever, 10, 10, 12 years ago, um, I had assumed that the science had won. You know, that's that everyone understood. Like when you hit like ninety-two percent of clients, I'm scientists saying climate change, well, the thing renewables are essential. I assumed, okay, fine. Everybody understands renewables are essential. So if I go into into a room, that will be the that'll be the frame of conversation that that we're going to be starting with. I was entirely wrong. <laughs> like you go, go into a room, you go into an office, go into go into a new, a new government department, whatever, and people have got their own ideas of 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 the way they've always done things, and and why. So they'd be coming out and they'd be saying, "No, we 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 don't want renewables." And you'd be thinking, "Oh wow, we're we're on the we're we're on different teams here, and this and if we're on different teams here, it's going to be very hard to get to get somewhere." But 
what uh, you know good managers will work on on kind of you know precedents and how things are done but really great leaders know how to go back to first principles and trying to understand uh, the why and not just not just the how so in taking that kind of approach into these conversations going to go well well you say you don't want renewables but 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 why so, and the answer is by and large is well we want to keep the lights on so well yeah, so do we so you then you can reframe things go well we're both on the same team we both want the same thing ultimately we've just got got different ideas of the tactics of how to get there mm-hmm. and that's a much better way of of kind of, of getting yourself from the point of of being like at opposite ends being in loggerheads like you're having nothing nothing to talk about saying no actually 80 85 percent of what we're talking about is the same it's just that last 10 15 percent we need to try and try and sort out and get through and with that we've made a huge amount of progress at the at the start we were very very frustrated when no 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 why can't everybody see this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's not even why, why can every, everybody see yeah exactly you do you do get that kind of frustration of like, we need to make a change um but when you kind of put yourself in other people's in other people's shoes and say well they they just want want to make sure they know how to do this they know it doesn't break the way they're doing it and you and they've been keeping lights on and that's really important mm-hmm. you understand we both want to want to do this that it needs to change it absolutely needs to change we think we can both accept it needs to change just question of how how we can get there slowly but surely as things don't break and yeah the whole the whole move fast and break things uh from silicon valley i personally i don't think it's uh it, it'll work for a small fraction <laughs> and those small fraction are hugely successful but for 90 99 of all businesses i don't i don't think that's it's a particularly wise strategy but we can talk about that, that if you like as well <laughs> No, I, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I think there is a time and a place for the move fast and break things, but for for most businesses, it's it's move forward. It's just you know you have to keep as as you said, you have to keep thinking about this this future vision. And I talk about that all all the time is asking those questions that are going to pull you forward. And so I I really appreciate you sharing some of those pieces. So let's talk about as as you've scaled and grown, and as you, you know, we always say to our founders, one of the things that is interesting is to see how the culture and the company evolves as you bring in more players and, and more experts and, and more expertise. So give us a little bit of insight into uh, your, your, your vision and values and your team building within your organization. Sure. Well, with our, um, we are in the you know, the very fortunate position of uh, working in, in renewable energy. And it's something that people can, can feel that they want to get behind. Mm-hmm. So it isn't, it isn't a hard sell to say, hey, come on in, help us try and save the world. It is quite straightforward. Apologies. Doorbell's rigging. Um, I will just ignore it. Um, I'm sure it, 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 like it'll be an Amazon delivery. It'll be something left outside. So, um, so with um, our, our, vis- our vision and values, we, we want to try and make a material impact on the, uh, at least in our, in our part of the world, whatever we can do uh, to try and move on the energy transition in a sustainable way. Um, we have focused in on a couple of areas. One is, is carbon capture and storage and the other is, um, is, is, is trying to help island nations. Because we are like, you know, from, from, we started out in Ireland, um, did a lot of, lot of work in the Isle of Man. Um, and we and with our learnings there, we thought that we can be be helping out areas of the world that don't necessarily have this have the support. So uh, I've spent spent a bit, a bit of time at Yale, and they 
when I was over there last year, the big problem was, can we get more people in here to, ha to help help with, with the Inflation Reduction Act, all of this, this activity? The easy thing to do would be kind of go, okay, we'll just go, we'll just, just focus ourselves on the US and try, try and try and stop there. But we would like to try and make an impact where we, where other people aren't. Uh, where we can where we can really feel that we can we can make a change make a difference to a local community um but, and taking that type of attitude towards community towards growth towards towards um making wherever you are trying to make it a little a little bit better and trying to be be a difference maker in there does get gets the team um, very much on side. So whenever there's a decision to be made, we look at it from the point of view of, of our community, of, of all of all kind of major stakeholders. It isn't just talking about uh, shareholders. You know, shareholders are of course important, but we have to look. We uh, we have to look at look at it like our our regulators going to be happy, our suppliers going to be happy, our customers going to be happy, our, our neighbours going to be happy. With that holistic view on things in any decision. I think that that is the best way of us making a long term of of, sur of surviving and thriving in the long run. As keeping keeping all stakeholders um, happy and contented, so that on in good times and bad, we're we're working and we're going together. Well, thank you for that. I want to go back and 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 talk about. There's so many different aspects of financial management in your business model. So yeah. you know, there's there's what did you do to bootstrap to get money to grow the company. You also talked about that you're dealing a lot with governments, which is a whole nother um, piece, but also, um, you know, private investors to try to get some of these things off the ground. So so give us a little insight into into how you make all this magic happen. Yeah, oof, it's okay. Each of those particular <laughs> topics, again, are, are worth they're about a thirty-minute to two-hour no, topic of, each of, 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 a, of a podcast each. Um, but let's say, like, if we take um, we take we, we okay, take take customers as uh, no, okay. Well, uh, first one, take is investors. Okay, so like trying to trying to keep your keep your shareholders happy. Well, the easiest way of keeping shareholders happy is to have your your uh, business being worth more. And have your business being being worth more? Well, you need to be be doing things that that other people who might be interested in buying it are interested in. <laughs> and if you have a look look at the way the the way the, the world is going right now, um, it's it's like it's it's pretty clear that like you know um, in okay. INSEAD have recently done a study. INSEAD's kind of the big, big uh, um, university over, over here in France. They said 90% of limited partners in private equity factored in, factored in sustainability into their investment criteria. Uh, why? Because a long-term focus leads to leads to longer-term value, and they can be pricing that pricing that 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 in now. Same with like um, in institutions like the ESG funds. I know ESG is not a is, 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 is not a popular word in some some for some parts of America alone, but in in a kind of global sense, the ESG funds are the greatest success of of the last couple of years. The amount of funds that have got, gone into it have have outperformed every other. Um, so if you're looking for institutional investments, like uh, so like pension fund, funds and fund type type investment, you know if you've got a sustainability ba badge on you, you be, you can be increasing your your value too. So uh, trying to again think long term does does very much um, help. And I think pr probably even more importantly though, if you're looking at as one of the one of the kind of verticals is 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 your employees. Um, like eighty percent of businesses now are, are are saying that they're struggling trying to find employees, and that's that's just that's just 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 a fact. We're, we're pretty it is much a fact. At, we see it all the time. Yeah, we're pretty much at full employment, and demographics 
are, are are getting worse in that in that sense. Like by 2030, we'll have 85 million um, skilled worker shortages. That's a lot of people, and two thirds of them will be will be millennials and Gen Zs, and. <laughs> I do not know how, how many kind of you know millennials, millennials and Gen, and Gen Z, Gen Zs are in your life. I've like I've got, I've got, a, got a series of them which I call which I call my children. <laughs> but, but 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 they they think quite differently though. Do we? I have children <laughs> in both categories, Chris. Both categories. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they think they think differently. Differently, it's like the the kind of the, the kind of Gordon Gecko greed is good type type mentality that 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 we were kind of force fed up, force fed on does doesn't work. And also even the more recent kind of hustler type mentality, I don't think they think that works either. Like hustlers are great in that they get things done, but they get things done done in a once off. The, the long-term relationship is is it's like you're too much into your profit maximization i don't which is the same as the gordon gordon gecko but those those two things quite quite together um like with millennials and gen z's they tend to be to be far more purpose driven like uh like yeah, going back going like a mckinsey style. didn't mean to be throwing so many, so many stats here but a recent mckinsey study showed kind of 42 percent of, uh, of of millennials and gen z's are more will sacrifice pay for pay for purpose and 20 percent Will, will consider them equal. So that's sixty-two percent of people think it's it's at least as equal to have a purpose set purpose as we pay. Now the balance will be working in Goldman Sachs, and that's fine. You make that deal. But if you want to be doing your, if you want to be working with that sixty-two percent of people and don't want to be just like throwing throwing you know endless amount of, amount of money at folks to try and try and get them through the door, you need to be giving them the purpose that allows them to turn up as their best selves. So it's. So I could talk about all of these different verticals. I could talk about talk about government relations relations for an hour as well. But but if you want to really dig into government relations, I'd suggest go to with the conversations on climate climate podcast. Look at look at Paul Bear. We spoke we spoke for for about for about two hours on his old speciality. Like this is his business is government relations. I've taken a lot of his learnings into into our business and how we then deal with deal with governments, um, and how important we we understand it and how. Really, the secret with government relations is 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 understanding the people. It's understanding the society. It's under it's understanding the what the wants and needs and needs of the people on the ground, uh, and then trying to trying to reflect that and trying to hold up the mirror to the government and saying this is this is this is this is what your people want. This is what your people need. This will help you get reelected. Okay, you do the, do, do this. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about some of your other product lines. I think um, wind and, and solar is an area that a lot of our listeners are are used to, but you do other things as well with anaerobic digestion and, and hydrobiochar. So tell us a little bit about those areas and will, will people listening, are those terms and things that they'll become more familiar with or that they'll hear more in life? Just, you know, give us a little idea of the future of this yeah. business segment. I don't, I sincerely doubt that people will be learning the ins and outs of anaerobic digestion or, <laughs> uh, as things go on. Anaerobic digestion is taking uh, organic waste materials and uh, turning them into a, uh, a biological gas that, that will help to, uh, to, to displace uh, fossil fuel gas. Um, and that's, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to do, um, but it isn't perfect because um, at the end of it, you've got, you still, you still burn that gas, which goes back into fossil fuels. It does, display, so it goes back into carbon and you've got um, an, an end product, uh, which, it, which if it decomposes, would go back into the atmosphere. So one of the things we're doing is, you also mentioned biochar, is we're taking that end product and 
we're turning it into a char, which is kind of conceptually kind of like a charcoal. And we're, we're, we're putting that into, into the grounds as because of wonderful fertilizer. We're also looking at it on the science side to see if we can put it into building materials, make it into concrete um, ah. and help, help to, to kind of decarbonize the toughest of hard to decarbonize sector, which is concrete. So like, we don't have a replacement for concrete. But if you can take the, the negative carbon, carbon from this, put it into your concrete wall, then you've got, ne- you've got some balancing off on the, the carbon that you use in concrete. It's a really interesting thing, thing to do. I'd imagine people will become more familiar with biochar as it goes on because it is a great um, biological, natural way of, of taking carbon, uh, carbon from, from the atmosphere. The, yeah, the, so biochar, yes, hopefully, because it, it, it does. It's, it's also intuitively you understand what it is. Uh, you just use, you, yeah, you, create a, you create a char. The Incas were, were using it to be um, you know, back in, in, in South America thousand years ago um, to, to, to increase the fertility of the soil. It's something that we're very familiar with. Um, under our suggestion, maybe not. Hydro, yes, people will know about hydro. I'm sure people do know about know about hydro, and people and hydro will becoming increasingly more important in energy storage because if you can find a way of getting water up a hill with with with, with power when you've got excess and dropping it down when when you don't, that is that is the perfect way of storing energy. As Norway and Denmark, a lot of Scandinavia will tell you, if you can do that, be will be be fantastic. Um, there's, but there's, there's an awful lot going on in the fields. Uh, it's, it's, it, for me, it's tremendously exciting. And if you want to ask any particular any questions, I'd be delighted to, to, to bore you and wonk out on, <laughs> on a review with you. Well, I think this, this concept of, of energy storage and management mm-hmm. is one that's very interesting. Um, because I think, again, in layman's terms, when you say we're going to store up energy, it, it's like, wait, how does that happen? Where does it go? What do we do with this. Um, I don't think it's that easily. Like you said, the everyday person wants to flip a light switch and have everything work. Um, but we are in a, in a age in a generation where we have to think beyond that. Um, as I'm sitting here looking at how many lights I have turned on. Right now. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's, it's so admirable that there are people like yourself working in this, in this space and, and thinking long range. And, and so I want to ask you if if we do come back and talk to you in, in, in two to three years, where is um, United Renewables heading next? What what segments of your business do you think are going to expand? What luscious islands or remote yeah. deserts are you taking um, your mission to? You know what what does it look like for you in the future? Yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, so we have got a long-term strategy of working on increasing numbers of island nations for for sure, and uh, we have got got initial conversations with um, with with a series of others, a series of a series of other governments, um, to try and try and help them out. Uh, we want to be uh, you know, dramatically adding to the amount of megawatts that we, we we've constructed. Uh, this is not a two or three year problem that we're dealing with. You know, this is a problem. This is an entire um, transformation of an energy system. We're still, even though um, if you think about the world and think about the conversation that we're having, you would think that we're in the middle of, a, of, an, of an utter transformation uh, towards renewable energy. But every single year, 
um, without fail, uh, we emissions have been going up, carbon emissions have been going up, and we're still over 80% of our of all energy within the world are still produced from fossil fuels. We've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So we'll be we'll be doing what we're doing and continuing to, 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 to do what we're doing um, for on the development side, trying to get as much renewables built as we possibly can. And we will be nimble and we'll keep keep our keep our, our ears to the ground and try and work on whatever whatever interesting and cool technologies that we we think uh, might make a, make an impact. Uh, we would be delighted if we can be be working in the hydrogen industry. Uh, we think that there is that there, there's there's the there's a, a lot of potential for hydrogen to be able to um, to to work on the again the really hard to decarbonize part parts of the parts of the industries like for example steel making um uh biochars we think we think are exciting and um yeah we i say we we, we we always keep on keep an open mind ai i think will make will make a big a big impact on um efficiencies and uh, the way that we move power around because uh, we're moving from a world where in a particular region you might have 10 or 12 different um, points of production, um, different different power plants, to a world where there'll be literally thousands of points of production, where like people like all over, like solar panels dotted all, all over houses, each one of them is a little point of production. And it's, it's AI that will be able to streamline all of that for us, to be able to kind of move the power from that rooftop to that house, to that house, because they've turned their cattle on, <laughs> you know, to, yeah, it's 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 a really complicated a human cat. What, what people outside the industry don't really recognize, uh, don't really understand is, is how much of the grid is controlled by people pressing buttons, <laughs> like humans going and pressing and pressing buttons. Like it's 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 it, it's amazing we managed to keep it all working, with with AI in there to be able to 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 because as compl- as we get exponentially more complex, um, AI comes in and just makes all of that work an awful lot easier. So. <laughs> no, you're right. It it is. It's overwhelming if you think about it, and it's overwhelming if if you really think about how delicate the entire system and the entire grid is. Um, and so I'm glad there's out people out there, uh, you know, as you said, transforming the energy system and it's going to take a long time to get there, but thank you for sharing your story and what you're doing in this section of the world. Hey, Chris, I sometimes like to ask my guests, is there anything interesting that you're listening to these days, reading to these days, or, um, a place that you enjoy going to for information and knowledge? Yeah, um, f- for information, I do. T- I'm, I, I do believe in the the value of lifelong learning. I do think it's like it is. It is essential. If you can be a little better each day, the power of compounding does make does like you. Be- you can become an expert. Not overnight. That's 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 something that like is is you should never try try and be an overnight expert in something. But you can like slow, build up your knowledge over a bunch of things over time. Um, I do look at kind of the formally i will always try try and take classes whenever i can and if, if people follow me on linkedin um i do post quite often uh like some really good free resources that you can find on uh, like from the world economic forum or from yale or or or, or, or wherever um so that's you can do that kind of those formal things uh that would, that would be great uh, on the informal side i really enjoy talking to people coffees you know going out like with 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 like you know, people like yourself or you know ac- academics whatever trying to try and do a bit of learning and on the virtual side again i think linkedin is a really good place to be kind of um 
taking taking and sharing and lear learning from from peers um the, your articles that are shared i'll be sharing articles i get i get an article article back and uh, you you love you learn and finally i'm very close to my old school and a business school i follow their professors um again follow me on linkedin i will uh, i've got kind of the latest books from professors that i recommend i, I, I pushed out there and say listen you must read um X, Y, Z from like, there's a really good one uh, by, by a professor called, called uh, Random Randall Peterson. Um, it's just released a book um, on disruption in the boardroom and what makes a functional board. Brilliant, absolutely br brilliant. Um, he's got, a, got a, a, a nice framework of how you should be aligning your boards, uh, aligning incentives within your boards, the, the mix, the diversities, how it can all work, how it can poison, how it can go wrong, how it can go right. It's it, a re for any, any kind of person who is, entering a more sophisticated organization that isn't just a solopreneur it, it, it's a great rate it's a great rate. Well, i will take a look at that and i think based on what you said i'm going to make my pitch that i i tell people all the time is diversify your linkedin connections i i say this all the time when i speak on networking you need to add people to your linkedin network that will help you envision a future and help you see industries that you don't typically follow and, and don't know and and I do this pretty much every year in January where I, I kind of start this path of expanding my network for people that, um, and I'm very upfront. I, I send them a note and say, Hey, I am, I, I want to connect with you to diversify what comes through in my LinkedIn stream so that I can learn from you and, and what you post. And, and it's not a hollow statement. It's an actual real statement. And I always say, because you never know where your next career move is going to take you. And if you're going to need some of those connections and you're never going to know if there's something going on that you now need to become an expert on, you know, you might not ever be responsible for audits, but all of a sudden, if you are responsible for your financial audits or participate in it, who in your network can help bring you up to speed. So Chris, I'm all in with you on, um, on LinkedIn. On that note, how can people, if they want to know more, learn more, where should they go and what should they do to reach out to you and your company? Oh, perfect. Thank you. Well, you've already mentioned the website, so thank you very much for that. Uh, LinkedIn as well is, is another fantastic source. And if you want to have a look at the, um, the, at the podcast, go to, like, uh, go to YouTube or any other of the, the major um, uh, channels and uh, conversations on climate, and you'll find it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And to our listeners, if Chris has shared something in this episode that you think somebody else needs to hear, pass along a copy. If there is a disruptive CEO that you think I need to speak with, send me a note at connectedallisonksummers.com. Until we speak again, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Chris, thank you again for being a delightful guest. Thank you so much, Allison. I really enjoyed it. So it was great. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.